This week on the Young and Dumb Podcast, we have Manu Goswami, also known as Ghost Wish. He's a serial entrepreneur and venture capitalist at the age of only 20 years old. He has his hands on projects like TrueFan, Rafiki Media, Foodshare, The Next Foundry, and Dunk Media. Roommate of last week's interviewee, Elliot, Manu spends his time as a LinkedIn editor as well. Like Kobe, every shot Manu takes is a swish. Scintillating. You'll hear his accomplishments and wonder, how has he been able to do all of this at such a young age? Wise. Our title is Young and Dumb, but when talking to Swish, you feel young and wise. Impulsive. He acts on his gut and never looks back. Scansorial. Always climbing. It's as simple as that. Headstrong. He just always keeps going. When you think he has too much on his plate, he surprises you and adds more to it. But the product is always up to par. This week, we learn about Swish with Manu. Welcome, everyone, to another amazing episode of Young and Dumb with your hosts, Justin and Gary. We are up to episode number 44, episode 44 for you, and we have Manu on board with us. Uh, with, let me start that over. No worries, man. Oh, no. You, you, you were almost getting that to a fire point, though. Yeah. <laughs> up with that. I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's start that one more time. Three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to another incredible episode of Young and Dumb with your hosts, Justin and Gary. We are up to episode 44 today. That's what I said, 4-4. And we have Manu on board with us. Uh, go Swish. Manu, say what's up to the people. What's up, everyone? Super happy to be on the Young and Dumb show. That is actually who I am, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so I'm pumped, and it's always good to be able to follow up Elliot also on this episode. You guys should definitely check out episode 43 with Elliot Robinson if you have not already. We are actually got a roommates back to back podcast. Was this intentional? The world may never know. Um, <laughs> But in the young and dumb fashion, we want to waste no time, get right into it. So, um, Mano, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing right now. Sounds good, man. Um, currently, I'm 21 years old. I'm Canadian. I live in New York City, though, for the last year. Um, I run a company called TrueFan, which is a platform that's coming out on June 15th, iOS, Android, and a web platform that can help influencers and brands find who their top fans are. So we go through and we link your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and we're able to immediately analyze who your passionate, influential fans are and give you a direct mechanism to reach out to them. Um, so that's really cool. We're working with some top brands like Western Union, UFC, Hintwater, Chelsea Football Club, The Score, as well as a lot of professional athletes like Kyle Kuzma, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Jakob Pertl, Fred Van Vliet. So kind of just living out my you know 16-year-old dream to become a basketball player, but doing it mainly through, <laughs> through an entrepreneurial venture. Um, beyond that, I speak quite a bit. I'm with an agency called Spotlight, which actually happened about a week and a half ago. I switched over, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and then I'm a huge LinkedIn nut, of course. So I just post on LinkedIn maybe once, twice a day, sharing my thoughts on various topics, trying to engage the community. And uh, I have a blast doing that. That's awesome. And just for the audience to know, you're 20 years old? 21, man. 21. I'm older 21. than Elliot by, I think, like three months or something. It's pissing <laughs> me off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So 21 years old, and he seems to be conquering the world as it is right now. 
So how does someone do all of that at the age of 21? Yeah, man. So I, here's the thing, right? Like the age thing always kind of just baffles me a bit because for me, actually, like, and this may sound a bit weird. It's like, I actually feel like, like when it comes to all the things I'm doing, I feel rather old. Um, and why I say that is, is primarily because I kind of started at a very young age. So when I was seven years old, my dad, who's very entrepreneurial, but has an engineering background, basically got me to build a hovercraft and then sell it to my neighbor for $200. Um, that was like my first moment of like, oh, shit, I can make money at such a young age and I can go and buy the Nintendo DS with the expansion Super Mario Bros. pack. So I was really <laughs> happy about that. Um, and then when I was 13, I joined a program called Junior Achievement, which is a high school program in Canada for entrepreneurs. So if you want to learn entrepreneurship, you send your kid there. I was 13, so about three, four years younger than everyone else in the program. I got in partly because my mom knew the program director in Alberta. Ha, 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 nepotism exists. <laughs> um, but, but at the same time, you know, I got in. I was CEO for a company called Tracy's Pins. We sold custom lapel pins to people. We won Southwest Alberta's Company of the Year. We were nominated for Canada's Company of the Year in the program. And I started realizing, like, oh, maybe this could actually be a route that I go on for my career. Um, and honestly, I wasn't even dead set on it until first year university, right? Like I was planning to become a lawyer throughout. I'd set up a nonprofit in high school called Candid Things. I just still never felt like this was something I could make a viable career until I got to first year of my university. About two months in, a basketball player called Trevor Booker hit me up, was like, yo, I'd love to build something with you. We built a wearables company together and we were able to license that product out to a company called Garmin in New York. I moved down to New York primarily to oversee that. And it was insane. Like my entire life changed. I decided not to go to law school. I decided to take a gap year from university, you know, things that I would have never thought I would have done in grade 10 and 11 I was doing. So I think the key thing is not only like riding the wave and making sure that you adapt when things come your way, but always positioning yourself to be lucky. And I love the way I just said that because I think in the world where we live in, when opportunities come, a lot of us attribute luck to it. I tend to attribute preparation more than anything. If you prepare, i.e. by building a strong profile on LinkedIn, meeting great people, being able to put yourself out there, feeling confident to attend events, even in places like Cleveland, Ohio, which I had to go to, which I would definitely not recommend people going there. It's not a great place <laughs> unless you want to go see a Cavs game, of course. But at the same time, like, you know, going and putting yourself out there and stepping up to the plate, all of that preparation eventually leads to something. So for example, for Trevor, when he reached out to me, he reached out to me because he saw me comment on Gary Vaynerchuk's post. The reason he saw my comment on Gary V's post is because Gary liked my comment on his post. The reason Gary liked my comment on his post is because I met him two years ago. The reason I met him two years ago was because I literally emailed him for an entire month in May in 2016. The reason I did that is because I'm a fucking crazy lunatic. So it all leads back to something at the end of the day but it all comes back to preparation no and i, I want to point out something crucial that you said we've had a lot of um gary's um i'd say workers mentees on our show so far i'd yeah. say up to six or seven yeah around there around there and there seems to be a, a commonality between all of you that um when contacting or meeting up with gary it wasn't Oh, let me just send one email or send no. one DM. <laughs> persistence. You basically harass the guy just to yeah. meeting, and it's incredible how all of your careers have um, grew into something um, so admirable um, from that. 
Um, I want to take a small step back into um, your earlier days because um, I was, I, was, I went onto your website. I've read some of your profile and I thought it was incredible that you got into some um, debate engagements uh, at some, mm -hmm. such a young age and you were so successful. Can you tell me a little bit about um, the doors that that's open for you? 100% man. So grade seven came around. I had a big speech impediment. So I had a lisp. I had a really hard time saying S's and R's properly. My full name is not Swish. I wish. <laughs> oh, that rhymes. Wow. I'm a rapper. Um, no, um, my full name is Ferocious, which is a damn long name to have as it is. Um, and then to be able to not even say S's properly was a really hard thing because I couldn't even say my own name during attendance. So when the teacher was like, uh, I can't pronounce his name. I was just like, shit. Um, but I'm anyways, here. yeah, exactly. I'm here, man. I'm here. Trust me, it's me. Um, but at the same time, you know, my brother, who's four and a half years older than me, got into debate earlier, and he joined Team Canada when he was in grade 11. He's super smart. He's the smartest person I know. Um, he's currently, like, graduated top of his class from U of T Law, went into the Ontario Court of Appeal to clerk. He's going to be clerking next year at the Supreme Court. He's a freaking genius. Um, <laughs> he, joined, he joined debate, and, you know, he made it to the Worlds team, like the Canadian team in grade 11. He won Worlds in grade 12 in Qatar, which I was like, great, you know, thanks for the pressure. Um, and, and basically, like, that was the person who got me into debate. I was just like, you know, screw it. Like, I could either take this whole having a list thing one or two ways. Either I just silence myself, I feel afraid to talk out, or I put myself in literally the most uncomfortable situation possible, which is competing using my voice and using my mind. And so I did that. And, and actually, what's cool about it is I believe the reason I've been able to overcome that list, and, you know, it's still there. And sometimes gets there when I get really nervous, which is hilarious, <laughs> like a weird nervous tick I have. But, you know, it's still there, but it's gotten severely, like significantly better. And the only reason for that is because I kept, you know, building up my confidence in public speaking. So that's the biggest lesson debate has taught me, even before I joined the Canadian team in grade 10. And by the way, I never won Worlds, but I came second, which kind of hurts, you know, when you're that close to winning and you come second, by the way, Especially to Singapore. winning it too, right? I'm exactly, sure. exactly. Well, my brother also, by the way, coached that team okay. so i always tell people that like you know he also came second that year <laughs> you know he was the coach of that team too but you know i lost i lost in 2015 to singapore which is where i'm born in singapore which was my birthplace so it's really ironic to just lose to your home team <laughs> in your home country but at the same time you know all the lessons that you given me in public speaking the community that it gave me of like incredible young people who think at a high level want to make change and understand what that change can be and then even beyond that the ability to go in and persuasively pitch anyone on a company, an idea, a vision, a plan that I have has just changed the way that I'm able to interact with people and build relationships. That's awesome. Um, do you have any advice to, let's say, quote unquote, the nerds of the world in that some people might shy away from joining a team, like a debate team like that, because they're feared of being either bullied or mm -hmm. something like that? Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, when I joined the debate team, I already went to the Calgary Science School, which was already a fairly nerdy school. <laughs> so I didn't really have that whole like fear of going and joining the debate club. That was probably encouraged more than like not courage. But um, but at the same time, I, I don't know. Like, here's the thing: it's when it comes to issues like this, I always have a very like flexible perspective because it's very hard to just assume what people should do given any of their circumstances and what they go through. Um, obviously, if joining the debate club is the only reason that somebody is going to pick on you and bully you and hurt you, 
um, well, don't probably do it or look into moving schools or getting your parents involved or talking to administrators because, you know, ideally, like, I'd like to think that we can live in a world hopefully coming up where people don't really like, like, like hurt or harm other people based on their personal choices, especially on choices that can help them develop professionally or personally. Um, and then even beyond that, I'd say that I think the big problem too sometimes when it comes to all the situation is, of course, the environment you put yourself within. So finding really positive people. And the cool thing that I have about this is actually putting yourself in places like debate club can help you build that environment. Like a lot of kids tend to get picked on because they don't have a really good support system to turn on and then bullies see them as a very easy target to go after. But if you join clubs like this where you find like-minded individuals, and I'm not condoning bullying, I'm not saying it's good. Obviously, your first step should talk to your parents, talk to your administrator and get the red, like solution solved for. But the bigger thing you have to look for is also just building yourself up, building your confidence, building up your environment around you to have positive people who love what you do. And so going to debate club, going to music class, going to whatever. I was in a Yu-Gi-Oh club in grade two, like going to whatever, honestly, to be able to stimulate your mind, to be able to get people who are likely to come around you. It's just really, really important to do that. No, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like, so I was like, I was bullied, I would say up until like fifth grade or so. And I really mm -hmm. started getting into soccer. And because yep. I got into soccer, I met people like Gary and I met mm -hmm. I have a squad mm -hmm. around me. And like, I go talk with them. You don't get bullied as much because you're not seen as the loner, the, the one. loner or anything. Yeah. And yeah. and here's the thing too. It's, it's one thing that I've talked a lot about is, is even if you decide to join debate and even if things don't just like work out in the end. Um, it's all again, just about trying things like when, especially when you're at a younger age, like I think as I grow up, I start to understand that people at the end of the day, literally like grow up and they don't actually care that much about what other people think or feel. They literally care a lot more about their own life. So if you put a greater importance on like, oh, like what is X person going to think about me? And this is not in the context of bullying. This is more in the context when you grow up and you're like thinking like, oh, what is my neighbor going to think if I don't go to law school? Or like, what will my family members think if I don't become an engineer? Like at the end of the day, the people around you who love you, who are close to you, but are pressuring you into something, they deep down do care about you and they're scared that you might make a wrong choice. But A, if you prove to them that this is aligned with your passion and B, you don't give them that much importance because at the end of the day, they don't really care that much about you. You care a lot more about yourself than they do for you. Honestly, that's kind of the big mantra that's dictated where I go in life right now, which is just off my gut, off my heart and where I kind of want to see myself in a couple of years. Great. And I see that your heart's led you to um, TED Talks. Um, you've, I see you've become a venture capitalist as well. Um, could you tell me a little more about those um, aspects of your life? Because it seems like you're doing a little yeah, bit yeah. of everything. Um, yeah. like you have a million hands the way you're juggling everything that you're doing right now. A hundred percent, man. And honestly, like when people say that, like I a hundred percent a year ago did, I think this year I'm starting to become a little better in terms of managing my time properly. Like I'm really only doing three things. Um, which would just be like LinkedIn, which is my daily social media outlet to post on and share things on. And then just speaking in TrueFan, right, which kind of go hand in hand, because when I speak, I talk about TrueFan and what I do. So it kind of feeds back into the business. But, um, but definitely, like in terms of TEDx and stuff like that, like that all came in a very unconventional way. I've never applied for a TED Talk before. Um, in my first year when I was in university, I was actually helping out the TED 
at QFT like branch. Um, and then a speaker dropped out and they contacted me two weeks before the event started because I asked them before if I could speak and they were like, oh, we'll let you know. Um, and so I came up with like a cool speech within two days. I like did an audition for it really quickly. They liked it and I did the speech. For TEDx Alberta, the organizer at U Alberta literally just reached out to me over email, said, I want you to do this. I'd love for you to talk about social media and LinkedIn. Think of something if you can and let me know. I thought of something within a week, gave him the idea that I had. He loved it. And I didn't even audition for it. I just went up and gave it. Like no rehearsals or anything. Like he literally could have picked me and like, I could have been the most shit speaker in the world, like had totally just lucked out on my first TEDx talk, but he put a lot of faith in me, which I really appreciated. And I actually think that was my better one out of the two, because the second one was a lot more real. It was very practical. And man, like there were a lot of funny jokes, maybe sometimes that people didn't laugh to, but I laughed at them. So whatever. Um, so that was, that was really cool. And then the whole VC thing, honestly, is about paying it forward. It's actually the reason I do a lot of speaking is beyond the money I can get from it. It's being able to go out to schools and charities and events and being able to just share my insights and my story and inspire people, hopefully to change their life in some way or think about the world in a different way. It just gets me going, you know, like I really get a huge, like, rush up energy when I see someone's light like you know, eyes light up by like that realization that oh fuck like I can actually use LinkedIn in this way or like some people even tell me like I didn't even know you could post on LinkedIn and I'm like yes man <laughs> you're gonna change the way that you interact with the community on there now um so that type of you know energy is something I'm really addicted to and I think speaking VC you know helping just mentor kids getting on five minute calls with people like all of these things I just love doing it because of the fact that I'm just trying to pay it forward and I'm trying to do it not when I'm 40 but more when I'm younger and I'm still in the journey of building on my career I love it it's it's an amazing journey that you're on and like just keep on grinding I love it man so with that, you mentioned a lot of LinkedIn. Um, I've started to get more serious on LinkedIn, posting a little bit here and there. Um, awesome. What are your uh, takes on like the future of LinkedIn, what's working and what's not? For sure, man. And this is kind of where I put a disclaimer, which is if you haven't added me on LinkedIn, please do. Manu Swish Swami. <laughs> and the reason is because I made a post two days ago, um, which I gave away my best practices guide. Um, which basically is a five-page document encompassing everything that I think LinkedIn is all about, how to be able to build a brand on it and where it's headed. So please go and download that if you are interested in learning more about how you can build your brand or your business using LinkedIn. Um, for me, where I think it's headed is, of course, live video as the most immediate update where that will happen by the end of this year. Um, where I kind of see it going over the next couple of years, I actually don't know that to the same degree as some other people might, but for me, I'm just a bit apprehensive to say it's going to become the next Facebook because I think a lot of people in the community don't want it to be. But if it doesn't become the next Facebook, I don't know what it's going to be because it seems like right now they're trying to get content creators involved. They're trying to get people like posting and sharing content. Hopefully they add a monetization scheme there. Like if you're a creator on the platform, maybe you get paid for ad clicks or something. That would be freaking amazing and something that would kind of emulate what YouTube is doing, but more on LinkedIn. But I don't know, like, I really don't know, like, is it going to become the next Facebook or will it just stay strictly professional? Who knows? I'm seeing a blend of both right now. Um, and what's really cool is it's working. So I don't see a point of LinkedIn trying to interfere with their model that much right now. I think slow, regular updates like they're doing is a smart strategy because internationally right now, they're at about 530 million users, about 50 to 60 million active members in North America alone, which is freaking ridiculous. So they're doing a great job right now, just engaging with their community, letting people do what they want and, and build a brand that they want to have. 
That's dope. Yeah, no, I wanted to get into, I actually took a tour of uh, LinkedIn up in New York. Nice. Empire um, State Building? Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I spent the day there, and they were telling us about um, a couple things that they had planned for the future, kind of just letting us know, like, the layout, and it's, it's incredible what they're doing over there. I really uh, think it has an extremely bright future um, for for the for the company. Um, but I do want to shift a little bit. We mentioned this uh, a little before um, we started recording, but I want to get uh, some of your intakes on some Fortnite. You, uh, <laughs> yes, dude. The Fortnite. Oh my god, Let bro. Know. Are you on the ninja level, or are you more like a a Drake, a more casual? Okay, okay <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, honestly, though, you can ask Elliot because I got my first solo dub with him when I was back in New York. <laughs> that Thanos mode came out. The Avengers mode came out. And I killed Thanos at the very end. It was insane. It was like we all well, got so the hyped, man. You pulled, the <laughs> you pulled the impossible. And not only that, like, it was the final night that all three of us, like Elliot and then my other roommate, Colin, were all going to be together because Colin was moving to San Francisco. So we wanted to do something monumental. And we hadn't figured it out yet until I got that <laughs> Thanos win, which was like, every, like, all three of us just got up out of our feet, just started, like, screaming. And it was awesome. It was a great moment. Um, honestly, I'm like pretty good now at solos. I'm very bad at squads. I don't really work well with the team, which is ironic because I run a company. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I normally just do my own thing in video games and then hope that it works out. Um, I did, however, have one game recently where I just decided like, all right, you know, screw it. Like, I have to finish this, like, you know, I have to finish up a contract that I was writing out. So I'm like, all right, screw it. I'll just play the game. And I'll just camp in one area and see what happens and come back to it. And I thought I'd just get killed by the zone, but the zone kept following me. So, like, <laughs> near the end, there were, like, four people left, and I'm still in it. And I came back to the game. I'm like, shit, I'm alive. <laughs> I, had, I had nothing, bro. I still had my pickaxe. And I was like, where's the fucking golden chest in this house? Please, please, please. And I found one. I got a little AR. I think it was a purple AR. And I went outside. The minute I left the door of the house, I got sniped. <laughs> like all like the hard work. Bed. I know, but all that hard work went to went to the drain. But I'm in. Fortnite's a fun game. I'm, you know, I, I was even telling Elliot this two weeks ago. If you want to look into the business behind Fortnite, it is so amazing. Oh, it's insane. like look at Tencent. They own Fortnite. They own PUBG. They own both games, by the way. Uh, they own WeChat. They're a billion oh, dollars conglomerate. I didn't know. Yeah, they're owned by Ten Yeah, man. Not a lot of people know that. Fortnite is owned by Tencent uh, because wow. Tencent owns Epic Games, which also made Gears of War mm -hmm. um, and God of War. Um, and not only that, like, Jesus Christ, man. Tencent is a company that's a billion-dollar conglomerate, and their CEO is worth $51.4 But I tell you, nobody in the world, or at least in my proximity right now, could name who that CEO is. Oh, yeah. Like, he's so he's underground. Like Google, basically, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's even bigger than that, honestly, in my opinion, because yeah. WeChat is an incredible platform. But anyway. It's huge. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I've had um, a bunch of um, international students in uh, my classes over the years, and um, especially my social media class uh, this past semester, we uh, started working through um, apps like WeChat, and mm -hmm. the amount of things it can do, it's incredible. It's what. It's what Facebook Messenger should be, in my opinion. You know, mm -hmm. being able to unlock bikes, being able to transfer money properly, being able to, you know, post stories, but also being able to message your friends, setting up groups, tagging people, like, you know, setting up auto replies, like everything, bro. You can do everything on WeChat. It's what Facebook Messenger hopefully will go toward. I was actually um, reading some some articles on um, Android's um, 
well, not Android, but Samsung's um, plans for their next um, messaging um, app for their okay. phones. And they wanted to come uh, battle with Apple, of course, because Apple, Apple has an incredible messenger. Um, but they mm-hmm. were looking to, towards more of a WeChat um, setup for their messaging um, going forward to to come to combat with Apple. And I think it's pretty cool what they can do with transferring money and everything like that. That's awesome. I haven't looked into that. I'm definitely going to look into that. It's, I love the Apple Samsung I'm wars team that happened. <laughs> team Samsung all the way. God, no, man. Apple, Apple, please. Apple all the way. Yeah, Apple all the way, Let's not even get started. Let me, uh, let's shift focus. That's a whole other episode, right? One more, yeah, that's, that's going to be a whole series in itself. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you an important question. Um, we wanted to take your journey so far, um, everything that you've done so far, um, and we wanted to ball it up and turn it into a loading bar, okay? All right. Um, and... The biggest question is on your loading bar right now, where do you feel like you are from zero to a hundred percent? Honestly, like, I mean, I'm at 21 in my opinion, just cause I hope I live till I'm a hundred years old. But <laughs> I mean, I think beyond that, like in terms of my career specifically, like I'd probably say I'm at like 30, 25. Um, there's like two sectors that I need to get into that I haven't even touched yet. That being entertainment next. Um, and then the long-term goal is to come back to Canada and run for office. So engaging in the political scene in Canada. So I haven't even touched those things. And, and I know it's naive to say that I want to do all of that at 21, but I kid you not, this is the plan I've had since like eight years ago. Um, so, so far, everything is happening according to plan in a, in a way, like on a very, very high level. <laughs> um, but, but in terms of the specifics, I don't know what that looks like yet. So with um, so you want to go to uh, entertainment and um, politics, which one do you think you would do first? Because there are some people who have gone entertainment route, such as maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger and ran for office and it worked out. Yeah. And there's some people who um, kind of felt that backlash of uh, legitimacy um, when mm-hmm. running for office, when, uh, when doing entertainment first. So um, what do you think is going to be your um, method of approach? Yeah, my method of approach really is I think the next three, four years dedicated very much to business, uh, running companies at a high level, um, hopefully being able to, to sell a few more, um, being able to work on some exciting projects, being able to meet some groundbreaking entrepreneurs and network with them and, and work with them and see if I can, I can help fund them even down the road. That would be a dream to be able to set up my own angel fund. Um, but I think that the goal really is just being able to set up a good base of knowledge when it comes to business, when it comes to how that inner and then i think honestly beyond that like the way i'd pivot into entertainment is more just through two mediums which i've already kind of established to an early degree um one is bollywood i'm a huge bollywood fan the indian (laughs) film industry oh my god and they actually like recently a major production house reached out to me over instagram to get me to audition for a role which i did so i'm waiting to hear back and i'm meeting the casting director next year no, sorry, next month. No, next year. Yeah, no, <laughs> next month. Next month in New York. Um, and then the second is, you know, mainly down infotainment, right? So the heroes that I had growing up were like John Oliver, John Stewart, Stephen Colbert, people that I grew up watching because I was heavily involved in the debate. And I would love watching those episodes because it's like entertainment, but information mixed in a really fun way. And so I'd love to be able to be like, you know, the next John Stewart in a way by saying like being able to cater to a younger demographic, maybe not even on TV, but on a newer platform, like a Facebook show or something like that, um, that could definitely catch on. 
Um, and I think the reason behind also going to infotainment is you get a lot more legitimacy when you run for office if you're already doing something in the public sector, which is providing news unfiltered, um, raw and neutral and being able to debate the issues off the day. Interesting. I love it, though. I definitely can see you running for office and winning yeah. for office in the future. <laughs> minister, possibly. We'll, we'll see. see. You got the get your grind up cosign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we get to move into our favorite part, which is the deep thinking question. Mm -hmm. So are you ready? Yes, please. I, I've been waiting for these. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so first question. Um, let's imagine that we are 120 years old since we're going to live there with technology and medicine and everything going on right now. It's your last day on earth, but everything has disappeared. All your accomplishments, all your businesses, all your social media, everything's gone but you get mm -hmm. to pick three things that you want to be remembered for. What are those? All things? right. Um, I think first is just being a great son. Um, my mom is like the hero in my life. I've literally gotten her on LinkedIn. She's adored by the LinkedIn <laughs> community because <laughs> she either roasts me on LinkedIn or she's like super like loving and you know, there's no middle ground really. There's like either she's like, like just butchering me on LinkedIn or she's <laughs> loving me a lot. Um, the second I think is just being a person that not as a provocateur, but is, is a messenger for people who otherwise feel afraid to speak out or feel afraid to act in a particular way. Um, you know, one thing that I'm doing right now through my speaking is bringing a lot of issues to the forefront, like mental health. Um, I've never gone through an issue myself, but I've had friends and family members go through issues. Um, and a lot of that and a lot of my personal experience associated to that has fueled me to speak about it, to get people to understand what it actually means and more importantly, how to talk with people that might be going through illness. Um, and so definitely being able to do that would be great. And I think the third thing is just honestly being known for just being a jolly, energetic, fun person. Like I think that's a very um, underrated skill to have, which is anytime you're around someone just feeling like they lighten up the mood and they they make things fun like even if you're doing the most boring things and that's why like for me when it comes to picking team members to work with I know that these are people I'm literally going to be like in a cubicle or an office with for like nine ten years not ten years sorry ten hours per day if not more um, and I know that I want to have a great time with them and do good work with them but at the end of the day they have to also be people who are energetic who are passionate about the project and they bring that beyond just saying anything, but just their body, their the behavior that they show off, the way that they approach their work, their attitude, it's all something that's refreshing. Yeah, no, I 100% I, I agree that it's completely underrated um, how someone who's just happy and jolly can honestly walk into a room and change the mood. Um, yeah, definitely. the entire ambiance changes, and it's amazing. It's, it's That's one thing that I, I constantly strive to do as well, is anytime I'm speaking, even if I'm having a bad day, I hate people who have a bad day and pass it on to other people. Yeah. So even if I'm having a bad day, I just make sure I shut that out. And whatever I can do to you know serve the people that I've come out to speak to or interact with them after, even if it's staying back 20, 30 minutes to take selfies with a bunch of people that I have no idea who they are, I'll do that. <laughs> I love that. I love that a lot. So second question for you. Um, you are 120 years old and you've accomplished everything that you wanted to accomplish. Um, yes. And you're... <laughs> so I, live, I live on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, 
on your bookshelf is your autobiography of everything up until this time. And you look at the first chapter and it's your life up until right now. What do you think the title of that first chapter will be called? What is happening? (laughs) That's it. What is happening? Like, I, I, here's the thing. Like, there's no way that I could have predicted all of the things that I'm doing right now, even like four months ago or even a year ago. Like I started True Month, True Fan four months ago, right? I, I started in New York and chasing my entrepreneurial dream a year ago. I quit the dream of going to law school a year ago. I decided to go to the University of Toronto until going to America two years ago. So I honestly think the chapter would just be called What is Happening? Like, like there's so much happening. I'm not taking it in entirely right now. And I'm just in the flow. And I feel like maybe five to 10 years back, I'll look back on it and then finally process and take everything in. <laughs> that's amazing all right so i have to ask you this question what is something that we should know about elliot oh my god <laughs> so much there's so much um off the bat i think he'd take a bullet for a friend that's just my my general vibe with elliot and the reason i think i got along with him is he's a very giving friend and more importantly when you become a friend and when you become someone in his inner circle he really cares for you um He's also, however, I think one of the most, like, charismatic, but also just one of the most, like, 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 just the way he speaks, the way his mind works, it's so quick. Like, mm-hmm. I've never talked to someone whose mind is moving at such a speed like Elliot's. Like, when you're talking to him, he'll get, like, six different ideas that pop up in, like, two seconds. And that's why sometimes he has a hard time articulating himself and because there's so much going on in his mind. He's trying to put everything together into coherent sentences that actually make sense <laughs> grammatically. That sometimes, like, you lose touch and he goes on a tangent or whatever. So I actually think his mind just moves incredibly quick. And then, of course, the last thing is, honestly... He's a really good basketball player. Like I, I, I trash talk him a lot because we do have a bet coming up for a thousand dollars where we play one on one. But um, <laughs> but he's actually really athletic. Like he's like a Russell Westbrook in the way that he plays, and he's super competitive as well, like I am. So whenever we do play basketball or whenever we do play games in general, we occasionally just get into fights <laughs> uh, because that's what happens when you pit two really competitive people against each other. Okay, and not this is isn't one of the deeper questions, but who uh, if he's Russell Westbrook, who are you? I mean, I'd have to say Kobe, but um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it out of my own mouth. I, I think I'll let the world say that for me later on. <laughs> You're going by Swish, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally growing up, my I think my like my Twitter username used to be for the longest time the Brown Mamba. Um, which I really should have kept because I feel like that would have gone really viral, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Next question for you. Um, What is some advice that you would have for young entrepreneurs, young individuals, um, sort of like ourselves and to those listening um, who would like to progress in their individual careers? For sure. Um, I think three principles. One, stop consuming, start creating. Um, pretty simple here. I think, you know, I haven't watched a Gary Vee video in about a year. I think I watched a segment of it when Elliot came on about three weeks ago, because I'm just, you know, a huge fan of Elliot. And I'm also a fan of Gary. I'm not saying I'm not a fan of Gary, but, you know, I wanted to support Elliot and watch that episode and learn more about what he was talking to Gary about. But I think, you know, I haven't watched a Gary Vee video. And the reason why is because I felt for the longest time a year ago that I was starting to emulate a lot of what he was doing into my own life. Like I was speaking like him. I was coming up with ideas similar to what he was coming up with. Like at a certain point, 
You have to take in some of the information he's giving you and then just run with it and do things on your own. So start creating, start figuring out narratives that you think are powerful, that are working for you. Put that out to the world. Start just somewhere. Please, please, please start somewhere because a lot of people will just read books. They'll watch fucking episodes on YouTube. They'll buy a webinar. They'll buy a course. They'll go outside and they'll listen to the person on the street who claimed to build an ICO and like whatever. Like they'll just do so much listening that they won't actually do any of the doing. And that's, I think, where literally 80% of the lessons you will get will come when you actually just start doing things and you start making mistakes at an exponential rate. Like to say that I haven't made a mistake already in four months of building TrueFan is the biggest understatement in the world. Like I pretty much failed every single fucking day. Like, you know, from the most micro things like, oh shit, I sent the wrong transfer number to the person who's supposed to fund us to like, oh great. Like I haven't already set up like offer agreements or we have to change our name because SuperFan's already trademarked and we have to change the entire name to TrueFan, right? A lot of mistakes. You're going to make that and you're going to learn from it really quickly. Um, the second big principle is surrounding yourself with incredible people. This is an understatement as well. I think it's a cliche, but it's so true. Like the reason why I think the way I think is also because of the people around me. So people like Elliot, who taught me a lot about social people like Michael Hyatt, who sold his company for $400 million a year ago, who taught me about living a minimalistic life, even though they might be very rich. Um, and then people like Brandon Steiner, who show you that even at the age of like 65, 70, whatever he's at, you can still think like a kid and you can still interact with young people and learn what they're doing and build your brand using the tools that they're using. So make sure you just surround yourself with people that are positive, but giving you lessons on a day-to-day basis. And then the final thing is do not, please, please, please do not go towards problems just because they're popping at a particular time. And what I mean by that is blockchain's hot right now and everyone thinks that they can come up with the next AI blockchain startup, right? But just because it's a hot topic right now doesn't mean that the other problems out there in the world don't need to be solved. So please find a problem that you actually are really passionate about, either because it affects you or your friends and you want to go after it. The reason I started TrueFan is because I know that if Kobe Bryant had this platform four years ago to find his top fans, he would have fucking reached out to me because I would have been number one (laughs) on that passionate list. He would have sent me an autographed photo of himself or sent me a video and I would have lost my shit. And I want to be able to do that for the kids coming up who are watching basketball. That's amazing. I love it. And I definitely can see some like true fan becoming something like legitimately because there's so many people out there that claim to be the number one fan, right? Yeah. (laughs) Number one fan. Well, now we'll know. (laughs) He doesn't lie. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So before we ask our last question, um, just give your, where can people find you? Where can they um, DM you or whatever it may be? For sure. The most approachable way, honestly, to reach me is Twitter. I literally do not have a following on there. I don't know how to build a following on Twitter. So if anyone listening to this has a following on Twitter, just hit me up. I'd love to work with you. <laughs> but um, but it's at GoSwish, G-O-S-W-I-S-H. That is my username, not only on Twitter, but Instagram and Snapchat as well. So feel free to reach out on those platforms as well. Um, And then LinkedIn, of course, is my number one way to get my attention off the bat, which is I think not messaging me because my inbox tends to get flooded on LinkedIn, but just commenting on a post, I do read through every single comment I get, even if it's 200 or 300 or 600 comments, I'll read through every single one and I'll acknowledge it. So if you have a really cool ask or you want to be able to get on a call or you just want to talk, just comment, you know, and then try to maybe reach out to me on Twitter and mix it up. Like, don't feel afraid of just bombarding me on every platform. That's perfectly fine. (laughs) 
Love it. Love it. Great. All right. So last question. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. This is going to be a really weird question, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is a question that you wish that we asked you? Oh, that's a fucked up question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, damn it. Um, honestly, like, I, I think interviews like this, and this is not this, by the way, like, I, this was a great interview. Like, all the questions you asked were awesome. I had a lot of fun doing this. Um, but I wish that a lot of interviews, not only on podcasts, but just in general, start off with the question of just, like, how are you feeling? Like, like I'd love to be able to go in depth a little more, I think, on, like, how my day-to-day is going. But even beyond, like, what it looks like, like, how I'm feeling at any given moment. Like, am I feeling stressed out? Am I feeling really tired? Like, going more into, like, the subtle emotions that every entrepreneur will feel and then really trying to dissect why you feel a particular way and how to be able to overcome, you know, feeling really stressed out or feeling like things aren't going to work out, stuff like that, that are kind of more towards the intangibles. Okay. And I, th- I think you made a great point. And even after this podcast, I feel like you're, you might be feeling a little bit looser, a little more calm, but right now, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm feeling good. Honestly, this, you know, I was just having a day where I was like down, like heads down, looking at my Slack channel, communicating with the team, getting on calls with like clients and seeing how they're using TrueFan. But this kind of just reinvigorated my energy. And I'm like, I'm like at like a all time high right now, feeling really pumped. So I think I'm going to go outside, have my lunch because I have not eaten lunch, which probably is the big problem right now. It's 5 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> so that's also probably why I was feeling like shit before. But anyways, um, but no, I'm feeling good now. <laughs> Thank you for, 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 for that question. Yeah, no problem. And I just wanted to say, um, like speaking on behalf of uh, myself, Justin, and the Get Your Grind Up Young and Dumb community, um, a big thank you for for coming out um, and doing this interview with us. Um, you've shared a lot of great knowledge. We had a lot of fun on here with you and t- <laughs> uh, you, you and Elliot. Um, yeah, great. Um, but we wish the best uh, to you in the future, and I'm sure this won't won't be the last time um, we we uh, connect. Hopefully not, man. I'd love like maybe in a, in a couple of months or whatever to to get an episode with me and Elliot together. That'd be and, awesome. And that would be that would be really freaking fun. We should have uh, a battle. No. Let's see which yeah, right? episode gets more views this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's that's unfair though, because Elliot also does have six, like he has sixty four thousand followers that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Let's try it. I actually want to see what the discrepancy would be like. So let me know. Let me know on that. How many how many views it gets versus Elliot? Most definitely. We'll yeah, we'll yeah. send you the the numbers in about two three weeks, so it's more even because since Elliot comes out a week before. Yeah, yeah. But then you know, if it's a really bad, then like artificially inflated, send me like a Photoshop <laughs> image, and then I'll send it to Elliot, which will be great. We'll send you to we'll send you to you first, so you can get like a whole bunch of iPhones or all your friends' iPhones. And <laughs> Click on yeah. the- <laughs> exactly the most sus thing in the world <laughs> oh man uh, but thank you once again and for all those listening out there if you want to know um a little more um about mano he has um all of this stuff it will be on our website in all our um social media pages at get your grind up on instagram twitter and facebook uh get your grindup.com as well um and we'll be back next week on tuesday with another episode episode number 45 we will see you guys next week always remember we are all young and dumb and never forget get your grind up see you guys peace peace thank you everyone for tuning into our podcast Check out our website, getchogrindup.com, for every dumb profile and even more content. 
follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Get Your Grind Up. And share a name as we spread your journeys. What doesn't kill you makes you dumber. Thank Thank you, guys. guys. Peace. Peace.